As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the latest edition of the big show, the Athletics Big Ten Daily Podcast. Uh, we have it every single day because that's what daily means. Monday, you get Nicole Auerbeck and Scott Docterman talking about the weekend recap because Big Ten football's back. Uh, Tuesday, Bill Landis and Audrey Snyder do the Big Ten East Day. Uh, Wednesday, Scott Docterman, Mitch Sherman on Big Ten West. Thursday, Colton Pouncey and Austin Meek uh, on Michigan and beyond, which is must listen for me. And then Friday is where you win the money. Right, Jesse? Yeah, I'm all about the Friday episode, largely because you and I are on it, Ari. (laughs) Yeah, and we uh, guarantee 75% guaranteed winners. Maybe on your end. I I don't know if I have that type of faith in myself, and I don't know if you do either, but you talk a good game. Yeah, I mean, confidence is half the battle here. So every Friday, Jesse and I will be picking uh, four or five games uh, that we think are interesting, and, and we'll give our picks for those. And then if you tail them, you will be able to retire. So Jesse is our Wisconsin writer, and I covered the Big Ten for 10 years at Ohio State. Um, it's basically in my blood now, despite the fact that I've recently moved into a different role. Um, I'm loving talking about Big Ten football, but I am really sad that I'm not going to get to see your face at least one times a year, Jesse. How are you feeling about that? I'm probably less sad than you are, Ari, but, you know, we had a good run, and maybe you'll be back. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I can also just visit you. Uh, I think I'm good. I'm good. I like seeing your okay. face on a Zoom meeting. That's probably good yeah. enough for me. I need my space when it comes to you and I, Ari. But yeah, I'm no, happy to be that. here. I'm happy to be here and and talk picks and, and add it up at the end of the season and uh, see that I probably route you by, I don't know, a dozen games, give or take. Well, maybe by the end of the episode, we'll come up with a bet to see something like you have to spend one day with me if you have worse picks than I do and we'll really up the ante but I've noticed there's a theme with me on these podcasts and that's I like the person that I'm co-hosting more than the person likes me uh so I don't know if that's just a me problem or what but you know we'll work through that together Jesse um should we give all four games out first or do you want to just go one by one and surprise them as they go let's go one by one so it forces them to listen to the whole thing I like the approach Um, and Ari I don't dislike you at all I just like to give you some guff it's part of our it's part of our shtick so that's how we roll 
Well, I was super excited that we were going to get to talk about this because uh, you have a very uh, different perspective and a very good perspective on, on the Big Ten West, having covered Wisconsin and a team that has had a lot of success over there. So I want to start there, Jesse. Uh, Wisconsin um, at home, Friday night game against Illinois. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about before we talk about the 19.5 point spread, it opened at 20, um, is the quarterback situation. And obviously that's the talk of the town and you know, I've been in your ear in the press box every year when Ohio State plays Wisconsin, screaming, why is the four-star prospect not playing? And, you know, Jack Cohn unfortunately hurt himself. What does this mean for Wisconsin's football program? And do you think this could be a situation where uh, Graham Mertz takes the job and never loses it? It's uh, it's certainly a possibility. This is a unique circumstance at Wisconsin because, to me, this was the deepest quarterback room they've had in my 10 seasons covering the Badgers. Now, Jack Cohn last season put together the most consistent season by a Badgers quarterback since Russell Wilson in 2011. I think he was largely underappreciated, and some of that may have to do with the fact that Graham Mertz was sitting there waiting in the wings. I've never seen a kid come in with the recruiting hype that Mertz has at least at Wisconsin. He was a four-star quarterback, the highest-rated signee in the online ranking era, and he's really got all the tools. You know, he the arm strength and the accuracy are there. He carries himself like a quarterback in that you recognize the confidence that he has, and he's got those leadership characteristics. He had it in high school. He transferred before his junior season to a new high school because he wanted to have an opportunity to start. He was at a big-time program behind a kid uh, who was the best quarterback in the state, and he won those guys over before he even played a game. He became a team captain. I think that says a lot about him. So I don't think there's going to be any type of drop-off, even though you're losing a guy who's got 18 starts. It's Graham Mertz time. Fans have waited a long time to see it. Uh, I'm certainly eager to see it, and I think he's going to play really well. When you think about just the way college programs work sometimes, and I saw this quite a bit while I was covering Ohio State, sometimes the best players can be freshmen or sophomores, and sometimes they don't play just because of seniority. And I'm wondering, you know, and we've had this discussion over and over and over again as Wisconsin matches up with Ohio State a lot of the times in the Big Ten Championship and in, in pivotal games in the regular season, that Wisconsin across the board doesn't have the talent that Ohio State does, but you know, they've given them really good games. And they had them against the ropes and almost, in my opinion, I thought they were going to win at halftime of the Big Ten Championship game last year. Do you think Wisconsin, to take that next step, to go from a team that can own the Big Ten West to to potentially winning the Big Ten overall, it takes getting a talent like that at quarterback? Or do you think that um, it's going to take more than that? I think it will take more than that, but that's the best place to start is having a quarterback that can potentially be a game changer. And I have this conversation all the time. Badgers fans ask me a lot, is Wisconsin closing the gap on Ohio State? The last three recruiting classes at Wisconsin have been the best that the program has ever had. They had the, the number 29 class in Graham Mertz's group in 2019. They ranked 26th in 2020. And this next one in 2021 is probably going to be a top 20. It'll certainly be top 25, the best Wisconsin has had. They've got Nolan Rucci, the five-star offensive tackle from Pennsylvania. And they've got six other four-star players. Having said that, Ohio State, that's a bad year for them. If they had six four-star players and one five-star, you'd be wondering what's going on in Columbus. And so they've always got a top-five program. But Wisconsin generally is a program that is considered one that does, quote-unquote, more with less. And I, I don't know how fair that is. They're a developmental program, and they get the most out of guys. But I think they can get there. And when it comes to Wisconsin-Ohio State, I think one of the problems is that the backups at Ohio State are all four-star guys, generally speaking. At least that's what it feels like. Wisconsin may be relying on walk-ons, and that's just how the program operates. And so when you get into the depth chart, it can be problematic. But 
I do think Graham Mertz has the potential with the recruiting classes that are coming in to challenge Ohio State a little bit more. His high school coach told me that he believes with Graham in the mix at Wisconsin, Wisconsin will be playing for a national championship. So those are lofty expectations, but they don't have Quintez Cephas and they don't have Jonathan Taylor this year. So it's going to be a different offense and he's going to have to figure out what pieces he can rely on. Yeah, I I feel like, honestly, I thought that Wisconsin was going to beat Ohio State last year. And if they would have, I would have, I would have personally thought that they should have gone to the playoff. So, you know, I think beating Ohio State is the hump that every other Big Ten team is trying to get over. Uh, Closing the gap isn't unique to Wisconsin, but the way that they've developed talent and the way that they've kind of been competitive despite the fact that they've had classes that have paled in comparison to even Penn State at times, um, I think Paul Chris might be one of the most underrated um, coaches in the entire conference and maybe the country. And I'm wondering now, Jesse, this is the money time. This is when people are getting out their credit cards, their Amex, their cash advances. Where are we going on this uh, minus 19 and a half? Oh, I think I'm a little gun shy on this one because last year, Wisconsin went down to Champaign 30.5 point favorites and the Badgers lost that game. Uh, I went down on the field with eight minutes left. They had a two possession lead. Jonathan Taylor lost a fumble. Illinois goes down and scores. Jack Cohn throws a pick. Illinois kicks the game winning field goal. It was the most head scratching loss I think I've seen on this beat in 10 years. So... I don't know if that is is playing a part in this, but 19 and a half points for Wisconsin with no Jonathan Taylor, no Quintez Cephas. Uh, They got to replace their top two linebackers. Um, I think I'm going to pick Illinois on this one to cover, but I think Wisconsin is going to win by more than two touchdowns. Okay, well, this is how we uh, start this podcast off on separate sides of the coin. I think Wisconsin is going to roll them. Uh, And I don't know if it's just me in my head, but Wisconsin has done really well in opening games. And most of the time, they're overmatched opponents. But in 2019, they won by 49 against South Florida. 2018, it was 34-3 to against Western Kentucky. 2017, uh, 59-10 against Utah State. In 2016, I think they even beat LSU. Um, so I don't know what it is. They, they, they got uh, something cooking up there in, in Madison on how to get these teams ready for the Big Ten. Um, you got a little bit of the revenge factor there. Um, and I personally am just excited to see a four-star, borderline five-star player play quarterback at Wisconsin. I've always felt like they've had um, above-average skill, uh, despite the fact that it doesn't reflect in the recruiting rankings. They've done a very good job of coaching and, and creating a scheme that they can develop to. And, you know, Illinois, despite the fact that that was a fluke, I don't know that that stuff carries over so much. I think Wisconsin's going to beat them by 30. You might be so right. I'm laying the points. I had to I had to make a pick in the moment, and I was on the fence, and I want to be controversial here to start things off. So maybe I'll be wrong. Uh, I mean, you named yeah. some of those blowout games. I think Illinois is a better team than the last three opponents, certainly, and they've got some some returning talent. Are you sure about that? A, what, a better team than Western Kentucky or South Florida, which was terrible last year? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, it's kind of the same realm, in my opinion. I mean, Illinois wow. has shown kind of a pulse, and they've done those things that, you know, they've shown some signs of life of Lovey Smith, but I'm not necessarily in the camp of, of complimenting them in any way until they, they prove that the biggest uh, win in program history, maybe, or at least the last 15 years, uh, means more than just a weird fluke game on Saturday. Um, and I think Wisconsin has a chance if they're going to win the Big Ten um, – I mean, if they're if they're the favorites to win the Big Ten West, they they beat Illinois by um, three touchdowns, in my opinion. But you know, you never know. Well, if they okay. win by nineteen points, that's almost three touchdowns, and Illinois covers. So okay. that's all I'm. Okay, I'm, not, so. I'm not acting like Illinois is about to win the Big Ten West, and they're going to even win the game or be within one possession. 
All I'm saying is, I think the number is a fair number. I think you could pick it on either side. And I'm, I'm going, Illinois is going to cover, but still lose by more than two touchdowns. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so next now, um, I want to start with the Penn State or uh, Indiana game. And this one's kind of a weird game because... Uh, Penn State's on the road and they're laying less than a touchdown. I think it opened up at six and a half or seven. It's down to five and a half. People are showing some confidence in Indiana. Obviously, Penn State lost Journey Brown this week to a medical condition. You hate to see that, um, and, and I hope for a speedy recovery for him. But I'm just wondering, do you think that uh, Penn State is uh, bulletproof when it comes to that? Noah Kane is a player that was a high-end four-star prospect that Ohio State recruited. I remember his recruitment very well. Um, he had a breakout game last year against Iowa, but suffered some injuries, I think, uh, on his own. Um, so I, I think that they have a person that can come in and fill that spot. Uh, but Indiana, as uh, my co-host on 4-6 to six with A&B will say, is a sneaky good football team this year. And he wanted to jokingly make them the dark horse to win the Big Ten East. I'm wondering, do you think Penn State comes out and takes care of business, or do you think it's possible they come out with a loss this year? All I need to know is whether uh, Indiana will – cover the spread. So I'm, I think Indiana's going to cover. Um, I picked Michael Penix Jr. as my breakout candidate in the Big Ten. We, we did a piece on The Athletic this week uh, where we ran down some of the, the lists there in preseason candidates. He's a guy who set the program re- record last year with single-season completion percentage. It was 68.8% before he had a season-ending injury. He's got a really talented wide receiver back who had over 1,000 yards, a running back that has over 1,000 yards. So I, I, I'm going to go with I think Penn State's going to win, but much like I said with uh, the Illinois-Wisconsin game, I think Indiana's going to cover. I think it's a weird year, um, and I know we can say that for all these games, and maybe that won't matter, but Penn State's been through a lot. I mean, losing Brown when they lost him is kind of a gut punch. Uh, It's also the week before the Ohio State game, which I think plays a factor into this, and Penix and the uh, Indiana offense should be really good. And the fact that there's no fans in the stadium shouldn't really impact Indiana because that's the, the, the typical turnout. So Zing. I, per, I I don't know. I'm taking the points, and I think there's a chance that Indiana wins outright to start this year. Um, and that's just, to me, reading the line movement a little bit, but also just kind of a gut feeling that, you know, Penn State sometimes struggles at the beginning of the year. They haven't always looked as good as the great, bad Wisconsin, you know, big, bad Wisconsin in week one. I'm I'm with you on this one. I think Indiana is the play here, and if you got it at six and a half, or even bought it up to seven, uh, you're in a good position. It's already down to five and a half, and I think it's going to continue to move because people like Indiana. I okay, thought next. you were going to pick Penn State, so now we've only disagreed no, no, on no. one so far. 
Only we have one for two, 50%, and this is uh, the one that I'm going to rant about. So I'll let you start, and then uh, we'll go from there. Ohio State at home, minus 26 against Nebraska. The brothers in arms to bring the Big Ten back. Um, Everybody is fighting together, and then now all of a sudden they're on the same uh, playing field in week one and as enemies. What is your take on uh, Nebraska as a Big Ten West guy, and do you think that they can hang with Ohio State in week one? I think Ohio State rolls Nebraska. The Buckeyes won 48-7 last year. Justin Fields threw for three touchdowns, ran for another. So Dane Brugler, our NFL draft analyst at The Athletic, did an NFL draft watch of the top NFL prospects in the Big Ten. He went through the top 12. Five of them are from Ohio State. I suppose that shouldn't be much of a surprise. You always like to say stars matter. It certainly does at Ohio State. They've got elite talent. Justin Fields is the only returning Heisman finalist in college football. They've got three returning starters on the O-line. Nebraska is a team that wants to be a contender in the Big Ten West, and for me, I'll believe it when I see it. Wisconsin has pretty much owned Nebraska in that series on the West side, and so maybe Nebraska surprises some people. I know 26 points sounds like a lot, but Ohio State's the best team in the league, so I'm picking the Buckeyes. Yeah, I am too. Um, I, I think that there was one game that Nebraska was close, and that came in 2018. Uh, and that was when Ohio State had the worst defense in the history of the program and was the worst version of itself and still only lost one game. Uh, so uh, they, they, I know they ended up winning by four or five at home, and Nebraska scared them a little bit. But for the most part, Ohio State's taking care of business. And I'm with you. I think Nebraska, and you tell me if this is wrong, but Nebraska's more of a brand name than it is a product uh, in terms of what they have on their roster. People want to assume or feel like they're the big bag Nebraska teams of – you know, the past 20 years, and I just don't think they are anymore. I think they're closer to being a Purdue in red than they are a, a, a Nebraska of old. Um, and until we see something different, uh, I, I think it's hard to pick the other thing. So, I mean, Ohio State has been uh, approaching this season with an attitude. Uh, I know that they were desperate to play this year because I think it's possible this is a generational team backed by a generational talent in Justin Fields. Uh, Their offense might be the best in the country. They have very little weakness on that side of the ball. And the defense, despite having some new guys, uh, of course, has all the talent in the world. So, you know, I I don't know. I was listening to Bruce and Stu, and apparently they are picking and and taking the points. I don't know if I'm the only one here, but I feel passionate that Ohio State's going to win by at least 30. (laughs) I I just don't see a situation where Nebraska can stop them in any way. I like your hashtag hot take about Nebraska essentially being Purdue. There's no question that Nebraska fans are longing for a time that hasn't existed in a couple of decades. Now, that doesn't mean it can't happen again. I think it's just more challenging in the era that we're in. And and you're right, at least as far as the Big Ten goes, Nebraska really hasn't been relevant in a while. I remember the 2016 season when Mike Riley was there. They started, was it 7-0? And they were seventh in the country, and they came to Camp Randall Stadium, and they, that game went to overtime, and Wisconsin won. And Nebraska hasn't been close since. They lost four of the last six games that season, and we've seen what have ha- what's happened in recent seasons. I just kind of like Wisconsin in the West. I'm going to continue to pick Ohio State in the East. They beat everybody. They've got the best players, and I just I think they're going to I think they're going to beat Nebraska handily. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and the one thing that we have to understand, too, is that winning is uh, one thing. Covering makes you great. So, you know. I, <laughs> you should put that on a quote board and marketed it or at least put it on your refrigerator so you can see it when you wake up every day. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm the writer of that. I think good teams win, great teams cover is something that's used quite a bit. But I can, if you give me credit for it, I'll take it. I'll give you credit. Um, and the one thing that I'm like, I, I, just now that I've got you here, Jesse, and it's been so long since I've looked at you, um, do you think that the Big Ten East is just a better half of the conference because of geography? I mean, is it just a bigger challenge for Nebraska um, to recruit at the highest level? Is it harder for Wisconsin being up uh, in the northern part of the country? I mean, is it harder for Iowa? I mean, I would argue that it is. Ohio State has a natural recruiting footprint in, the, in Ohio. Penn State has the East Coast and the DMV area and New Jersey. Uh, Michigan also can come down into Ohio if and when it chooses to um, and also has done really good in New Jersey. I just feel like this is just a geographical problem. And when they made the West and the East a geographical situation and how they they broke up these conferences, they, they made it lopsided because the teams on the West side of the conference have a much harder time accumulating talent because they don't have the same access to players. Do you buy into that? I think that's a great point, and that might sound like it's making an excuse for the Big Ten West, and it's not because when you look at head-to-head records, I mean, the West – has fared well against the East other than the Big Ten Championship game, which is the one that everyone's paying attention to. I know, for example, at Wisconsin, a good class may have six really good players, five or six really good players from the state of Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin is excellent at retaining that talent, and in most years they get everybody. But Ohio, you have access to dozens and dozens of Division One players. I mean, you've written about it. You had schools like Kentucky coming in and rating the talent in Ohio and Wisconsin just doesn't have that many players that are top-level Division One recruits. And so I think that is problematic. And You can defend your home turf and, and get the best players in the state, but a recruiting class may have 20 kids. So you got to go out and get 14 other kids. Uh, and it's the same for Iowa and Nebraska. And that is a challenge, no doubt about it. And I think it's something that some of these schools are going to have to overcome I certainly don't expect a program like Ohio State to be outside the top five in recruiting, and, and Michigan too, and Penn State's done a great job. So it's tough, but recruiting doesn't win games. It just gives you a, a better starting point. So are we going to fight? If you want to. We can virtually fight. Yeah. Um, I think recruiting is what wins games, and I think what coaching is what what wins games when the recruiting is the same. Um but, you know, we don't have to go down that road right now. Um, but this is – but just – I don't know how you're going to frame this this season, but I always look at the talent composite rankings when I'm making my picks against the spread. I find it to be pretty reliable. And I think this is a really good segue, Jesse, because I'm going to go the opposite in our last game. Okay. I think this is the most intriguing game in week one for the Big Ten. Michigan, the night game at Minnesota, laying three on the road. Um, I think no matter what happens in this game, there's going to be a freakout. If Michigan wins, they're going to feel good about them being back and maybe a competitor, depending on what Milton looks like at quarterback in his first first game ever with the Wolverines. 
Um, and if Miss Michigan loses, then I think the Harbaugh train is going to crash pretty hard. And I'm wondering uh, what you feel about this game going into it. Do you think that this is the most instrumental game uh, in general in the Big Ten in week one? And how do you see it playing out? Yeah, I think it is the, the most significant game because you've got two top 20 teams. You've got two teams that believe they can win a division title. And Minnesota was right there last year. And if it weren't for Wisconsin coming in in the last game of the regular season, the Gophers would have been playing for a conference championship, would have given themselves an opportunity to potentially make the college football playoff. I feel like Rashad Bateman coming back is the X factor in this one. This is one of those where I'm on the fence, but I I think I'm going to go with Minnesota just because of the momentum P.J. Fleck built. Tanner Morgan and Bateman is a really good combination, and I know Michigan's got a great defense. They've got five starters back in the front seven, two third-team all-conference players, and Quiddy Pay, who some people think will be the best defensive player in the Big Ten. But because I have to make a pick, and I can't hedge here, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I think that we're on the same page here, Jesse. I think it's very easy to uh, be on the fence here because on one hand you could just picture Michigan rolling uh, because they uh, are kind of behind the eight ball a little bit in terms of their development and wanting to get back on track and, and being a, a adversary to Ohio State that will be respected on both sides. They've got better talent across the board. Um, I think Pay will win the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and I think that Jim Harbaugh is a fine game day coach, um, but I, I sometimes wonder about the development overall of the players in that program and the recruiting level that they are. And I, I wrote a story a few months ago, I think now, about Minnesota following the P.J. Fleck plan. And if you look at his results at Western Kentucky, every single – or Western Michigan, sorry, not Western Kentucky, got uh, – that Wisconsin blowout stuck in my head. Uh, but they improved every year for his four years there. And I think Minnesota is a little bit ahead of schedule because, what, did they win double-digit games for the first time in 105 years last year and, you know, looked pretty good and, and beat Penn State and, and has shown that they can beat a Big Ten East power. Uh, but what's the next step in that in that improvement if he's following the same plan? I don't know that you can improve on – the only way to improve on 9-0 and is to win the Big Ten. And I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but beating Michigan in week one would be a very uh, good thing for that uh, quest. So my brain wants me to pick Michigan. Like, I think that just in general, it's a safe play. Michigan's not going to lose on the road. You can tell yourself in week one at Minnesota. But on the other hand, uh, Minnesota is only getting three points at home. I think it's kind of a toss-up game. They've got Tanner Morgan, and Bateman's one of the best players in the Big Ten. I think P.J. Fleck is a heck of a coach and a heck of a program builder. And I'm, I'm going to lean Minnesota on this too. I don't know if they're going to win, but I'm going to take the points. Uh, in, in a game that's kind of a toss-up, uh, I, I just kind of like resort to just taking the points. Now, the one thing I'm very curious to seeing is Michigan could come out and be a completely different team if Milton is what people are saying he is. And, you know, I know you did some research before this podcast because you're a very uh, responsible journalist. But when you were reading about him and, and everything that you came across with, with Milton, what do you think are reasonable expectations for him? And do you think that this is the kind of uh, player, maybe uh, similar to, to Mertz at Wisconsin, where a quarterback can change the vibe of a program? And, you know, Michigan needs that quarterback. That, that's the thing that's been ironically missing from Jim Harbaugh's entire tenure there. Um, is this the kind of guy that could surprise people and make Michigan a lot? I mean, what if he comes out and throws for 350 yards and Michigan wins by 21? The entire vibe of the season changes. I think you'd have your answer on whether that means he can be the program-changing <laughs> quarterback. I think it's possible. that 
Michigan is in a place where in order to get where it wants to go, it's ultimately got to beat Ohio State, much in the same way that I think in order for Minnesota to get there, it's got to beat Wisconsin. So it will put people on notice if they can go down there, beat a top 20 team on the road, even though, again, no fans. I don't know what kind of environment these games are going to look like. But yeah, I, I think he's he's capable of it, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm interested to see. I, it's never a quarterback versus quarterback game, but who will outduel the other uh, in a matchup where we, I think, know more what to expect on Minnesota side. But um, it's fun. This, this to me, is the game of the week, no doubt about it. I also saw that it might be snowing <laughs> in Minneapolis, and I think it's hilarious that we're already dealing with that problem in this COVID uh, weird year where things are pushed back. But I, I don't know. I, I will say... Have you been to every Big Ten city as as the Wisconsin beat writer, or are there any that you haven't been to? There are a few on the Big Ten East side that I have not been to. Um, but, I mean, there's going to be games on December 12th in the Midwest. What do you think is going to be happening? No, I know. Well, I am just wanted to make the point that of the 10 years that I covered Ohio State, I went to every Big Ten site multiple okay. times. You patting yourself the on coldest- the back for that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just like, I feel good about it. You know, being a well-traveled man makes me attractive. Uh, but... I stepped off the plane in Minnesota, and I think that game was in late October, and I've never been colder anywhere in my entire life. Coldest game I ever covered was in 2014. It was Wisconsin against Nebraska. Melvin Gordon happened to run for 408 yards that day. You may have heard about it. It was 26 degrees (laughs) at kickoff. People were making snow angels in the field after the game. It was terrible. There's There's no central heat in the press box, so I cououldn't feel my fingers. So, uh, I don't... I'm not going to feel bad for you, Ari, that I'm you've not been trying cold to tell and you seen to, some to snow. I'm not trying to feel bad for me. I, you live in Madison. I mean, I get that you've been, you're colder than me. I'm just saying, when I got off the airplane and I hit outside, it was almost painful how cold it was. And I haven't really experienced that because I don't think very many places in the Midwest, at least on the Mid and the Big Ten East side of things, uh, get as cold as it does up there in the, in the Wisconsin's uh, area of the world. So, Jesse, I had fun the first week. We're going to, um, off the air come up with a bet because I think we need to bet on something to see who does better throughout this season. I think we were on the same side four out of five, so that's not so interesting. But if you're a gambler, get that wallet out and, and go make those plays. We won't we won't steer you wrong, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to the first edition of The Big Show. Uh, you can get it five days a week during the week, every single day. A lot of talent at The Athletic, and of course, consider signing up for The Athletic because I think we're better writers than we are talkers. Again, thanks so much, Jesse. It was awesome talking to you, and we'll see you guys next week.